Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of currently streaming horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews may include mild spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. Today I'm joined by a friend of the show and resident zombie fanatic Bernie to review the British horror comedy miniseries Dead Set, created by Charlie Booker, who many people know from uh, Black Mirror. Following a group of reality TV stars on the show Big Brother, a zombie outbreak unfolds, unbeknownst to them, though the reality of the outside world soon comes crashing through their doors. Dead Set is a mere five-part series and is currently streaming on Netflix. Bernie, welcome to the show. It's very good to be back, my man. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. You, uh, I knew we were going to have to come back to zombie shows or movies one of these episodes, so I'm glad that you picked this one. Yeah, you know, I feel like it's a... It's one of those hidden treasures that not too many people know about. Um, I actually only found out today from you that this is apparently on Netflix. I was watching it on <laughs> bootleg style. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think this is, uh, this is one of those movies that once you kind of watch it, it, it definitely shoots up your list on uh, the top zombie movies that were ever uh, kind of put out or zombie uh, shows, I would rather say. Yeah. So, I mean, you're kind of like the the zombie guy. Like whenever I need recommendations on zombie movies or series, I always come to you. So uh, what about Dead Set kind of stands out to you amongst the hordes of zombie movies and shows we get like seemingly on a weekly basis? Yeah. Well, um, first I, I appreciate you having such a low bar for me. No problem. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but no, with, with dead set, I think that this is one of those shows, you know, that it delves into a very interesting concept of zombies, but the outcome is super realistic. I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but I just felt like Obviously, there are certain things that are done for for kind of cinema sake, right, mm-hmm. to move the story along. But I think, especially the way that the that Charlie Brooker, the the director here, the way that he was able to kind of create these characters in a very short amount of time, where we don't know too much of their backstory, but within you know forty fifty minutes, you have a good feeling for kind of who's the asshole and who's kind of a good guy should be cheering on. Um, that it's it's a just a really good kind of crescendo and all around kind of wrap up for this entire move uh, for this entire show. Yeah. I was really surprised considering it's only five episodes. The premiere or the pilot episode is 45 minutes. And then each episode after that is like 20, 22 minutes, something like that. And once I finished it and I started thinking about how long it actually was, I was pretty surprised how well fleshed out those characters were not to necessarily say that they had a lot to them in terms of like being these rich complex characters, but I think they were more fleshed out than I anticipated them to be. And to the degree that none of the characters really overlapped one another, everybody had a distinct personality. And like you said, it's def- they're each defined enough that they contribute something differently in a way yeah. that I think as a collective, it really does capture that kind of uh, the reality show vibe that they're trying to go for. It's not just, one note at one note uh, arguments over and over and over. It kind of sees certain characters come at, uh, adapt to the situation in ways they normally wouldn't have to have. And yet there's still a little bit of their personality in there, no matter how much they've changed uh, for better or worse. Exactly. I mean, again, the evolution that you get here, I don't want to compare the show overall to the walking dead, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I could make a, you know, an argument that Kelly, the, the main character in here, she has more character arc and development in five, four or five episodes than Lori did in the walking dead for whatever that was three and a half, four seasons. 
Um, so again, it just, that's a testament to the writing and obviously the acting. Cause I think the actors did a really good job of portraying their characters, but you know, even just starting it off, um, the whole kind of preset to the zombies really attacking, I, I think the way that those characters played it again, it's very realistic. You're, you know, I'm not much of a reality TV show fan, but that's exactly how I would picture a producer acting, you know, kind of a pompous, arrogant asshole mm -hmm. who's, you know, ordering people around. He's just, you know, kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of just swinging his dick around and, um, you know, just kind of showing that he's kind of the alpha in the room. Yeah. Um, and then opposite him, you have Kelly, who he kind of treats like garbage at the beginning, and she becomes kind of the main, you know, character for the good guys in that sense, and that's keeping everything afloat showing her own kind of alpha in that nature mm -hmm. um or that sounds excuse me so again just the the way that the show moves along in each episode i think builds really well off one another um there's just always kind of a a sense of both hopelessness and like a little shatter a little kind of creep of light that comes in at the end where you're like maybe they can get through this somehow and you know obviously it, it doesn't work out that way yeah I think that's what really grabbed me first because we get so many zombie movies and shows, like I said, seemingly on a weekly basis that mm -hmm. I'm, it's less about the zombies themselves when I'm trying to decide on a series to watch. It's more mm -hmm. about the angle that they're going to take with the characters because ultimately that is what is going to largely separate the movie from the last zombie thing you watched. And Dead Set definitely grabbed me in the way like you were talking about in that it's got this very non-traditional setting where it's a reality TV show and we're jumping between the reality, the house basically, which is uh, a repli a replication of um, Big Brother, which I guess is a reality TV show for like in the UK and there's an American version. But they did that um, for, they like recreated the set and everything and they got a cast that's supposed to be mimicking that in reality. And kind of right. jumping between that and the control room where we see Patrick, who, like you said, is the big, the dick swinging boss. And just seeing how they manage the reality TV aspect inside and outside of the house. And then seeing mm -hmm. how once the zombie outbreak happens, like the people inside the house don't know. It takes right. them. They don't realize till the next morning when Kelly eventually shows up. And then mm -hmm. obviously the, the outside world essentially comes like crashing through their walls. Um, which again, I think that is the interesting aspect. And I almost wish that they had stuck with that a little longer. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been interesting to see what would happen if the reality TV people that are in the house don't realize for like two days or something like that. I think that if they, <laughs> if they had stuck with that a little bit longer, I think I, I wish they had done that, but mm -hmm. overall I'd like the new concept to approach, uh, a, subgenre of horror that can be pretty stagnant sometimes. Right, right. Again, this I think they added a really like interesting kind of a, a unique flavor to the zombie genre. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I will say I disagree with you just on this point is I think when they realized like I think it was the milk hadn't been replaced or something like that, I do feel like those characters, you know, real live actors like that, they I, w I would think that they're, you know, that kind of needy that they would start to kind of freak out a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think the way that um, that, you know, kind of initial onset of zombies happened, I don't know how they would have been able to not realize like more than a day after 
Um, even if they just like walked out onto the terrace with that pool area, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like they might have just heard some, you know, moans and shit like that. Right. From the um, but no, I see your point in the sense of again, you know, this could have been a ten episode, um, you know, series if if they wanted to drag it out. But I think it had like a unique point where again, like you you were wanting more in some instances, right? But I think in overall, like the arc of the story, I think was really well put together. What was the was there ever a point in that that initial outbreak where you you know you just thought that this might move out of that kind of house and into a new you know place with like Rezamod, for instance, or were you always kind of thinking that it would stay within those walls, so to speak? Um, I kind of assumed it was going to stay within the walls just because that is the most unique aspect. Like I was, ho- I kept hoping, especially when Kelly leaves for the uh, pharmacy store run, mm-hmm. and we kind of get a look at what society like society's fallen apart they've been overrun by zombies and whatnot and um the police even show up at one point and they kill a couple zombies and then they have to kill one of the cops who gets bit i was glad that they returned because again that's the more unique angle to take and if it's just them kind of like running through the countryside it's something that we've seen in every single zombie movie essentially and while we disagree kind of a little bit on how far they could have taken them being in the house themselves. Um, I think still what we got, and like you said, in the five episode series, it's pretty condensed, but in terms of the narrative being fairly well paced for those five episodes, I think it really, they made the right decision. No, absolutely. And, you know, kind of going back to that, what would you say was kind of the craziest death for you watching it? And and that initial run, was it like Davina getting her, was it her throat basically ripped out or the oh, guy yeah, that was rough. ripped apart? Um, was it kind of one of those or something you else? You know, I think I will say, I think this show had really great um, effects, like practical effects for the zombie kills and everything. Those were really fantastic. Uh, I think my favorite death though is probably Patrick, who is the dick swinging guy that's in charge of the reality show at the end. Cause he's such a prick the entire series. Like he's such an asshole to every single character. He never lets up. We see a lot of these characters at one point or another. They're all very stressed and whatnot, but they all fall back and they realize like, hey, we have to do what's best for the group at the end of the day. And the we're more likely to survive if we're with working together rather than against one another. And then Patrick is like, fuck that. I'm going to work against all of you. Right. And so well, when he gets ripped in half by the zombies at the very end of the series, like that was awesome satisfying for sure super satisfying because not only is he a dickhead who had it coming but also uh the effects were fantastic like they rip him in half they're eating his guts and then one of them rips his head off and you see the spinal column kind of just like trail down the hallway like it's super brutal but satisfying at the same time as i say i've i've never felt more kind of in a weird position because at one one angle right it is kind of horrifying to see someone get ripped apart like Mm -hmm. that in a zombie movie but to, for it to be that character, yeah. I think that might have been one of the more kind of grotesque deaths that there have been uh, in a zombie movie. I mean, you know, probably the most startling one for me ever was that girl in um, uh, Night of the Wa- uh, Night of the Living Dead. Excuse me. Remember when the car blows up with that couple mm-hmm. and there's zombies that like walk over and just like eat the remains while those people are just oh, like yeah, sticking. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of the the craziest one to me, just because again, it's like you know the original zombie movie, obviously, but it's so startling to see that oh, yeah. and to 
oh, that's probably realistic to how zombies would act, you know, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I loved how Riz Ahmed, um, uh, I forget what his name was in this. Uh, uh, Rick. Rick. Yeah. I, I loved his acting, but his character kind of pissed me off to one extent just because he had a perfectly safe location. Mm-hmm. And that girl, Kelly, I mean, he didn't really know this, but, you know, A, when they kind of initially had that mini breakup, mm-hmm. uh, like when he's at the train station, she's hooking up with a guy. Then she gets really close to space. And, like, I don't know, this poor guy, like, ran 40 miles, basically, <laughs> from where he was. Yeah. And he ends up getting shot, like, 16 minutes after he he gets in touch with Callie again. Yeah. Um, so, like... Just that whole character arc, yeah, it's it's nice in like the feel good way, like they got together. But he would have been so much better off with Alex at that little like farmhouse that they were in, mm-hmm. right? They had fencing around that looked like they had a water well there. I mean, I, I don't know. What are your kind of thoughts on well, that? Well, yeah, Kelly not only has she cheats on him with somebody that works there, but then mm-hmm. once the outbreak starts, like it looks like she's gonna hook up with Space, one right. of the other housemates, and it's just like just keep jumping from different people. And it was just like, yeah, it kind of speaks to, I think it speaks to Charlie Booker's um, writing and directing style in that. Actually, I'm not sure if he directed this. I know he was the creator and he wrote it. Um, I don't know about directing. I would assume he directed the pilot and then they had somebody else do the other four. But um, my point was, is that I can see his tone coming through in dead set or which would evolve into black mirror eventually because a lot of the Black Mirror episodes are kind of Twilight Zone-esque in that they end very darkly. Like, they really don't have a lot of regard for the characters at the end of the day in terms of, you're not going to get a happy ending every time. And this show is indicative of that, I think, because not only the ending, which we'll get into, but also just all of these little story arcs that uh, for characters that wrap up, don't don't, they don't end well for anybody. And like you said, we see Rick who travels halfway across the country or whatever to find his girlfriend just because he saw her on a TV. And yet at the end of the day, he gets killed for his trouble. Right. And I might be jumping a little too far into this, but how realistic would it be that like the one channel that still exists is just showing like a live feed of that place that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's very uh, serviceable for the plot and it's kind of apparent. (laughs) I hope he went to get some lottery tickets before he he went over that place. But, um, you know, kind of going through that then, you know, obviously they have that, you know, there's that core group of folks. Um, There's Pippa and Patrick that come by, you know, a little bit later on. And then also Rick, who was your favorite character in this, in this series? Was it Kelly? Was it, you know, kind of one of the, um, the castmates in that sense? Who, who do you think it was? I think it was Kelly. Kelly was Mm -hmm. my favorite. uh, And she's played by an actress named Jamie Winstone. Um, I definitely liked her character the most just because she's seeing that arc, which it's not the most original arc in terms of just like she goes from being petri- like terrified, like everybody would be very nervous about killing anything. And then we see that she comes to terms with the fact that like she's going to have to do things that she would never do in her normal life if she wants to survive this. So like right. we see the turning point being one of the cops thinks that like the one of two cops show up when they're trying to raid the pharmacy. One of the cops gets bitten, so the other cop kills him. And then the cop that's still alive thinks that one of the group got bit when really he just cut himself on something. And so he's about to kill the one of the housemates. 
And so Kelly shoots, basically kneecaps him, and then he gets eaten by the zombies. And it's kind of at that point we realize she's willing to do anything to survive, basically. And anything that will ensure not only her survival, but also the housemates who she works for the station and she's been involved in the making of that reality show, but she's not doesn't know them. She like runs and gets coffee. So she doesn't really have an investment in these characters other than wanting to make sure other than being a good person, essentially. Right, right. I So Kelly's arc was kind of the most interesting one, I think, just mm-hmm. because she again, she starts out, like you said, you know, basically getting coffee for someone and hooking up with, you know, like another random PA or whatever those guys are called mm-hmm. on the set. Right. Um, and then sees her friend get killed by that guy later when he's zombified. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember kind of and I, I didn't notice this until I rewatched it the second time now, but um, when you when you watch it the first time, I don't think a lot of people pick up just how. You know, I don't. I don't want to be rude. I'd probably be doing the same thing, but just how kind of ridiculous she was, as just in in the sense of like you're in a zombie situation, mm. you're yelling, trying to like very get frantic and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know, if you remember at the end when they're running and like all the zombies get loose by that you know jackass pedophile looking guy, yeah. uh, <laughs> Golem. Golem. Yeah, exactly. Um, we should, when cla- that we should clarify that Golem is one of the housemates. Uh, his name is Joplin, but he's like the 40-year-old in the group that nobody likes. And so eventually that comes into the narrative, but sorry to interrupt. Right. Not, a, not a random Lord of the Rings cross right. over here. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so you, you have him open that door and obviously there's a sea of zombies come through. And yeah, she did just watch her boyfriend get shot, mm-hmm. but she's – she's, she might be in shock potentially, but she's just sprinting away at that point. Mm-hmm. Like she's not screaming loudly. And, you know, I think she was a little bit more composed than the other guys just because like she had lost so much. And again, she had seen so much at this point, like she's been through the beginning of this kind of chaos through, you know, kind of helping other folks out. And now at the end of this, obviously she's kind of relatively leading the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at the beginning, I kind of didn't like her just because, again, she's, you know, she breaks up with Rick. Um, you know, they, she goes on her own kind of romance in that sense. And uh, just her character doesn't seem, she doesn't seem strong, if I, mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense, right? But again, as it grows and grows, um, first from, you know, yelling at one of those castmates, I forget the gentleman's name, but, you know, he's playing around with opening the door where there's a zombie in that little kind of... Oh, Marky. Marky, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, great actor who plays him because he plays him spot on. He reminds me of like a Jersey Shore character. Uh, but, you know, again, her, you know, basically throwing it, putting a knife on him saying, you know, or uh, I forget if it was a knife or a gun, but... Um, you know, basically threatening him, saying like, "We're all gonna die if you do that." Mm-hmm. And eventually, they ended up getting a couple people killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it just showed the the progression of that character, and it was just it was really interesting to see. Yeah, I think uh, since you said that, I think um, that is important to Kelly's arc. In that, when we first meet her, we don't know why they broke up, but the fact that they, I don't even think they officially say they broke up. They're having some kind of issues, and then we find out that she basically was like hooking up with other guys. It kind of makes you not like her. And then when she reacts in a way that I think a lot of people are kind of tired of seeing in a lot of horror movies where it's like, 
she spends the first episode like screaming and running around and crying and all this stuff. But then we see that she grows like we have to have that base. And I think it's what makes her arc. It's not necessarily a redemptive arc, like per se in the traditional sense, but I think it does show she leaves behind some of the past behaviors that she had in the beginning in terms of just like putting herself out there and helping the group and doing what's best for the group uh, in a way that, like you said, makes her the most interesting character and have the most uh, effective character arc. Whereas a lot of the characters we meet, they're each defined by their kind of unique traits and whatnot and personality and what and everything. But then they don't really change that much. You know what I mean? Some of them do, but for the most part, like what you see is what you get. Whereas with Kelly, she is, it's like a 180 degree turn with her, like completely different. I think the, there was like a moment um, where I, I'm always rooting for humans, obviously. Right. But that initial moment where like, Forget, I forget if it was the driver, the security guard, but basically, you know, a couple of people have gotten bit already mm. and he walks in like into this crowded group of people yeah. uh, who are cheering for Pippa as she's walking with Davina kind of down that little walkway. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's walking in and he's holding his neck as he got bit there, right? So we know that the zombies are there. It's just a matter of like how many people are going to die and how quickly this happens. Mm-hmm. I was really rooting for all those people to die as quickly as <laughs> um that that whole eight minute montage i just i don't know how people watch reality tv that's a separate point but yeah that was (laughs) i think that's kind of the point of that scene i think that's what is really what helps make that scene so well constructed and very believable where they're the the series opens up with like they're having one of the basically they're voting somebody out of the reality show house i think it's they call it an eviction basically Yes. And so they, when the person leaves the house, when their name gets called and it's Pippa, she has to go out and do a stage where there's like hundreds of fans watching and she does like an exit interview. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, one of the guards gets bitten and then he wanders into the crowd and that's when people start getting bit and changing. And it mm-hmm. kind of just reinforces this idea that like people that watch reality TV are basically like sheep. Like if you put the TV, if you put them in front of a TV, nothing's going to distract them because that's their one source of like life or everything kind of. And that they were so sucked into something that is so mindless that they would be completely oblivious or ignorant to zombies chomping at people behind them, which is pretty hilarious. And again, I think that's in line with Charlie Booker's um, kind of just his sensibilities and humor, like his dark humor, which is very much his brand with um, Black Mirror. Right, right. Um, You know, after that, I will say... I. I think when I told you about this movie that I wanted us to kind of talk about this one, mm-hmm. um, I remember you asking me if this was funny at all. And I was like, no, this is more kind of gory than anything else. Mm-hmm. Cause again, in my head, I was kind of thinking of that ending where Patrick's, you know, carving up a, you yeah. know, a dead guy's body and oh, that throwing was, it. That was brutal. Yeah, that was, uh, we will get to that in a yeah. second. I just, well, actually no, let's, let's jump into that. Like, what was that strategy? That was so, fucking stupid that's one of the dumbest things i've ever heard like again there's a lot of peaks in in this uh show and then there's some valleys too where i'm like that's the worst strategy i've ever heard in my life and granted i'm sure this is a scenario where they you know they don't fully understand what these things are Mm -hmm. in that sense right um he's had patrick's had limited um i guess 
you know, interaction with them outside of, you know, Davina's, you know, smacking at the wall and him basically throwing a, uh, you know, disabled guy into the arms of a zombie. Um, yeah. RIP. Yeah. We, uh, I, they really sell the fact that Patrick is a dickhead. That's only out for himself. <laughs> they sell that in about the first 45 seconds of meeting his character. <laughs> and again, he's a, the actor that does that, uh, plays him phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I was so perplexed at the idea for that. And again, I understand the, the story arc of Gollum, right? Where he's, you know, he's just a one-off kind of a weirdo. He's not really close with anyone on the, I forget what they call that uh, big brother area, but um, he's not really close with any of those guys. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you know that this guy is crazy who you're talking to. And he's telling you about, you know, when they're in the bathroom scene and Patrick's tied up after he, you know, basically loses it. Um, you have Gollum, you know, talking to this guy. And it, I, I don't know. I, I just, I hated it, but it's it's realistic too, just with the character. Um, so again, I, it might just be more emotional in that sense that I hated the idea of what they were doing. But mm. that ending and how that kind of ended up, like, ended up coming through Mm -hmm. i unfortunately think that's very realistic for how a lot of us if we survived a couple of days would kind of well that's so that's one of the elements that i wish there had been a little bit more of which i really enjoyed in that we start to see like how people are turned against each other like it doesn't at that point it doesn't have anything to do with the zombies it's all about how in an apocalypse or a scenario like this it's all about how people are out for themselves and their own self-interests and how they start to manipulate others to do what they want, basically. And I really enjoyed that segment because, like we said, Patrick basically is manipulating Joplin, who the cast members call Golem because they don't like him because he's like the 40-year-old weirdo that they portray him as. And so just seeing how easily he's manipulated and whatnot, I think, is the more interesting angle to take instead of Patrick just overpowering everybody, which eventually does happen. That's how he gets the guns and whatnot. But at the same time, I wish we had had a few more instances where we see the different housemates start to like lose it basically and pit one another against each other. Right. I mean, I think like if let's say they ended up killing Patrick, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Joplin, AKA Gollum doesn't royally kind of screw them over. How long do you think they survive there? Not very they long. No, you don't think so? No, it's one of those things where they all started to bond because they had a plan. Right. And then as soon as like, once you get past that plan, like as soon as that gun runs out of bullets and you can't defend the walls anymore, like what's going to happen when you get down to one package of crackers or you get one last bottle of water kind of thing. And I think that would have been the more interesting way to end it i did like the ending because we don't get a lot of mean-spirited endings in horror shows a lot of the time but in terms of this like it would have been great to see them have that in their character arc where they start out being at odds with one another like we said earlier um what was the character uh marky is like bullshitting with kelly and he's like oh if i open this door we're all gonna die kind of thing and then the zombie runs in after that but if Mm -hmm. we had had this arc where it starts with the characters being at odds with one another to like joining forces and working together. And then all of that hard work that they spent trying to bond with one another starts to crumble. As soon as things like start to get a little tense or they start running out of supplies, like that would have been a really beautiful 
Black Mirror-esque ending in that at the end of the day, everybody's out for themselves and it's all situational. That's the only reason why anybody's working together is that we're in this situation together. And for the meantime, it's beneficial to work with you. But as soon as I can get the upper hand, I'm going to do what I have to do to get that upper hand to survive. Absolutely. And I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head for that. Um, this, this is exactly how that would kind of play out. And the, the character breakdown, it's not like they're friends, right? Like I'd at least help you out a little bit if we were in that situation. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. Until there was a cracker left and then it's every man for himself. There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, Kind of thinking back on this, did you notice how the zombies seem to be different than any other zombie? Um, like, I'll say it this way. Like, 28 Days Later zombies, they're not necessarily zombies. They have the virus mm-hmm. raid. They're infected. Right, infected. So their point is to kill you. I don't know if it's necessarily to eat you. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Night of the Living Dead, they'll eat you. Mm-hmm. Like there's a dead body there. And I think similarly in the walking dead, they're a little bit faster, obviously. Um, but like, then you have like the world war Z zombies and the, re- uh, what is it called? Um, what's that sci-fi uh, show? It's on Netflix too. Um, oh, no, that's- something Z. Yeah. It's Z the- nation. Z nation. There I we think. go. Yeah. Like they're, they're fast zombies. I mean, they're they're just different. Mm-hmm. These zombies will eat you, but they'll also infect you. Like they'll run past someone that's getting eaten to to go after other people. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know if they necessarily did it to speed up the film, but like, it's not like they were shooting at the fence every couple of minutes to attract more and more zombies. So obviously, they have some sort of like a herd mentality, right? Uh, I don't know if I'm thinking way too deep into this, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. That's, that's part of the fun about talking about movies. You get to lob theories at one another. Right. Like, you know, there's a, there's a movie by George Romero. It's one of the last movies he did called land of the dead mm-hmm. where like, the zombies were starting to become intelligent. Mm-hmm. So like the main kind of, you know, antagonist zombie, I guess. Um, he like walks a group of zombies underwater yeah. um, behind the defenses, which I remember watching that was when I was like 12 years old. And I was like, this is the greatest thing. That he I've uses, ever seen. they use weapons too. Yeah. They use like a, they use a, a hatchet and, or a, a machete and then one of them or a meat cleaver. And then one of them learns how to use a gun. Yeah, exactly. Which, attack. Uh, what is that? Fiddler's green. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's called Fiddler's yeah. green. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a whole little separate other movie. We might have to do, hey, we might have to run through the uh, Romero movies sometime. Uh, you know what? There are definitely worse films that we could watch, so I'd be down for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He set the bar pretty high. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, George Romero, um, again, RIP to that gentleman. But um, no, he, he literally created the zombie genre. Yeah. I don't uh, necessarily think that he owns the best zombie movie. Um, but yeah, no, he what he did for the, this industry and for that genre specifically. Yeah. I mean, that's, what's so great about every, like I joke constantly that we have too many zombie things, but we, it's not really the case because Romero created basically the genre and, or he gave us the most refined version of zombies that we had had up until that point when night of living dead came out. And so to see all these years later, like that genre still has a ton of directors that are interested in it. And some of them are being more creative than others. 
But at the same time, we're still getting quality zombie titles. I don't know, every every couple of months or something like that. Um, yeah. I reviewed earlier, uh, a couple, like last month or something, I reviewed Blood Quantum, which is a zombie movie that came out that was all about all everybody in the world is susceptible to the virus except these indigenous uh, Native Americans. And mm-hmm. so basically it's kind of like a play on the power structure where all of a sudden the Native Americans have all the power and they're the ones that decide basically like who can come into their camp, which is like the last safe haven. And it's kind of a power dynamic flip where now white people are at the behest of the natives where that was not the case back in the day. But I mean, it's one of those things where like whether it's dead set or it's blood quantum, it's just nice to see that there are still original takes that you can tell about zombies and whatnot. And especially dead set. I mean, it's so short and yet, I mean, it's a testament to, um, to the writing because it's so yeah. short and yet it feels so complete. It doesn't feel like the story's wrapped up too quickly. Mm-hmm. And it has that interesting angle of like the reality TV angle, which we disagree. I wish it had been a little more like in the house and, and focusing on people and how this situation changes them once they find out like two days later or something like that. But overall, I think this is probably one of the, definitely one of the better zombie series that uh, I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Would you like, if you had a top three, or top five even for zombie movies is this or zombie uh like anything in the zombie genre i guess you could say is this cracking that top five for you uh i liked it i don't think top five though just because i've seen so many there's so many good zombie movies out there that i mean if i would recommend this to anybody that likes zombies and they need something new to watch on netflix um just because there's everybody's always looking for new series and whatnot but uh, this is definitely, like you said, one of the series that I think not a lot of people knew about. Like, I didn't know about this until you mentioned it. And so mm-hmm. if somebody was coming to ask me for a recommendation, I'd be like, yeah, check out this zombie show, Dead Set. You'd probably enjoy it. Uh, but mm-hmm. in terms of like putting it up there with the all-time greats, like top five, I don't think that, that would this would crack that for me. Fair enough, for you. fair enough. Uh I, I think it sneaks into the fifth one yeah. just because the I I love the ending. It's yeah, probably we, the most satisfying ending I've seen in a zombie film. We should talk about that. Well, so yeah, the they're basically you know we're kind of speeding through. Uh, uh, Rick gets shot mm-hmm. as they're kind of chasing down Patrick and Joplin, um, and Patrick's holding Kelly hostage essentially to let them get out safely, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joplin, I don't know what drugs he took where he thought what he did was a good idea. Midlife uh, crisis. He wasn't even on drugs. Yeah, he just needed to spice I mean, it up. Park the car in front of the, of the, like, you know, the gate. So at least they have to try and like jump over the car or something. I mean, I, I don't know. There were so many different ways he could have attacked that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, that's, you know, that's a side note. Um, but basically there's a little struggle that ensues and Rick gets killed. Um, everyone kind of runs off with Pippa. I don't understand why she runs off in her own direction. Just literally Rick, or Rick gets shot. Um, she says, I don't like it or how I, but that Scottish accent terribly. Um, but <laughs> she runs off just after she starts crying and space kind of runs after her right um and then 
that whole scene happens where the zombies get, you know, come in and uh, over kind of overpower Joplin. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have everyone running back into the, the big brother kind of set area. Yeah. Um, I didn't catch though. And ironic enough, but uh, you know, seeing this twice, I still don't understand exactly how they got through the gate. Was it not closed properly? Yeah, or? It wasn't closed. Cause Joplin opens it and then he immediately gets overwhelmed. And so he mm-hmm. gets eaten then. And then eventually like all the zombies rush in and everybody flees. And then individual people start getting picked off. Not that gate. There's the gate that they run into to get into like the the actual building. Uh, so, I mean, there were so many people running in different directions that they. I think it was probably when Pippa peeled off from the group. She didn't really have like the best intentions for everybody else in mind. She kind of was just throwing open doors and trying to get away. Mm-hmm. So uh, in that regard, like I think that's how they got in. But okay. yeah, for me, like I'm, I'm always a fan of like directors that taking a mean spirited approach in that, like at the end of the day, nobody lives. Cause that's the reality with a zombie apocalypse. Like we growing up, we all had, except night of the living dead being an example of a not mean spirited ending, but an ending where it shows like, even if you survive the zombies, like man is still the greatest danger out there kind of thing. But uh, for this, when everybody ends up getting eaten, like, it kind of spits in the face of that romanticized idea of movies in general, where it's like you can overcome any amount of uh, seemingly insurmountable odds. If you give it your all kind of thing. And it's like, no, you can't just run through a crowd, a horde of zombies with a knife and expect to survive. Like you're going to get bit. You're going to be infected. That's going to be a wrap for you and for the entire cast. All those, by the way, like I think space's death was probably the worst just because he was stuck in that sound room mm-hmm. and all he was hearing was his friends getting ripped apart. Yeah. Basically he led in Kelly into that, like whatever that, uh, it was like a confession, confessional booth. Yeah. Confession room or something like that. Um, not a church, no. uh, but, um, <laughs> I, I don't know either that or like kind of thinking about it. I think Kelly's death was one of the more badass in the sense of like, thinking about character deaths like that do something like that, which in theory is kind of stupid. She just, she's like, I'm going to run into a horde of zombies and I'll get to you. You know, that's what she was selling space. Um, obviously that was more of like a kamikaze attempt on her end. Yeah. Um, do you, do you think that like, I don't know. I'm thinking about like Carl's death where he was trying to be like valiant and it just ended up looking really silly. Like, do you kind of, is that a satisfying kind of end for her character or would you have rather her kind of stuck it out in that little room and kind of hope she had made it through the night basically? No, I think that that is the best ending for her character because it shows how true she is to her character arc in that Mm -hmm. like the end of the day, like she wants to get to space or she wants to make a run for it. But at the end of the day, like she is fully committed to this new lifestyle and she's accepted the fact that this is her new reality. Like, there's no going back after she shoots that cop. This is what I, I have to do anything to survive and to help others survive. And so for her to basically sacrifice her life, cause she didn't get bit. So she could have sat in that room for two, three days until all the zombies either left or things died down. But instead right. she said, no, I have to get to this person. Now I have to at least try to save them. So mm-hmm. to see her so committed to that, I think is most in line with her character. And it mm-hmm. makes, it doesn't make her, 
character arc and whatnot like feel artificial. It feels very organic. It feels like the likely outcome for her character. Mm-hmm. I think like if we're thinking of like Chicago Bull terms, like obviously Kelly is Michael Jordan, but I think uh, Space is like a perfect Scotty Pippen to her. Like he seemed like a very friendly and like loyal kind of guy. Like I think her, him and Pippa had some kind of a romantic thing. I mm-hmm. you know, obviously don't necessarily show it on um, like throughout the show. Right. Explicitly that is. Um, but him again, he's, he's hearing his two friends getting ripped apart and then he saves Callie. And then you have Pippa who's dead show up and she's banging on that kind of like sound, uh, uh, what is it like that clear glass window glass right mm-hmm. um that was i don't know that was kind of heartbreaking to me I, I felt really shitty for the guy yeah, that there's a good amount there. of um it shows just how much you've bonded with those characters over those five short episodes right and it's not something that a lot of directors get right in a feature film in a 90 minute movie like a lot of the time in some zombie movies a bunch of characters get killed and you don't give a shit because it's like, yeah, they're just fodder basically. But given how defined each of the characters were and you get to know them really well in the span of, I think, what did you say when you watch all of them at once? It's like two, two hours and 30 minutes. Uh, yeah, just so, under yeah, that. something like that. And it's like you have a bond with these characters. So that way when they die, there's like that emotional weight that is there and that results in their deaths being more impactful than, somebody like Joplin who is like the outsider. So when he dies, it's like, you don't really give a shit, but then those characters and you start to pick up on their relationships. Like you said, with space and Pippa, they have this sort of a romance that never really manifests. It's more just like a protector role kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's heartbreaking when that person that he cares for so much, he has to listen to them get ripped apart. Like you said. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then I think the, the, this is again one of the more the better endings that I've seen in a zombie movie, at least satisfying. The very end where you get close ups of the what happened to those guys, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, Marky and I forget Veronica, yeah. I think was yep. yeah, his girlfriend on there. They're just gone. They're just torn to shreds. Like there's pieces of their shirts around like a, a red patch, basically. And then you see Joplin as a zombie. Um, you see, I think the the remains of Patrick. Uh, and then you get a close up look of Space uh, and Kelly at the very end. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just the the ending of her staring back at the screen. I'm sure that there's a metaphor that I'm not really understanding for what that is, but Mm -hmm. it was just such a cool shot um, to end it that way again. And the thing is called dead set um, and everyone is dead on the set, obviously. So it was just a super satisfying ending for me to watch it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And especially there's obviously no second season. So (laughs) I would have been, I would have been annoyed if, cause I didn't know anything about this series before you told me about it. I would have been annoyed if I looked at the date. It's 2008. Clearly, mm-hmm. there hasn't been a second season since then. And then to learn that it's because everybody gets killed. It would have been a, it would have been annoying if it ended with them escaping and you assume there's going to be a second season and then that's just the end of the story kind of thing. It's very finite in its conclusion and it is the most realistic ending. And for as somebody that 
is looking for zombie shows and zombie movies that do things a little bit differently. It's satisfying mm-hmm. to see that kind of like ribbon close out kind of thing. Even if it means everybody's dead, at least mm-hmm. they told a story and that story is over. Like that's the yeah. end of the story. And for me, like I like closure in a lot of yeah. uh, zombie things and whatnot. And this is probably the closest ending I would compare to uh, like the remake of the Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder one where they escape. And then during the credits, you see they go to another island and they all get killed. Like, I love that ending because it's such a gut punch. You're like, oh, they fucking made it. Like, finally, they went through all this just to make it. And they did it. And then as soon as they get to their safe haven, that shit's over on zombies and they're all dead. Mm-hmm. True story. The first time I watched Dawn of the Dead, I had no idea that that was at the ending. Really? Yeah. I, I was watching. I forget if it was on. Uh, it was on TV, but mm-hmm. I forget like what medium I was watching it through DVD or whatnot. But I remember just turning it off at the yep. credits. And then later on reading about, cause I was trying to figure out, is there going to be another one? Like, Oh, apparently they all died. Yeah. So <laughs> I had, I had, a sim- I had a similar experience actually. Cause like you, when I was a kid, as soon as I saw the credits rolled, I'm like, well, oh, fuck this. Cause like end credits wasn't a thing. It's very, it's a mainstream thing now, thanks to like Marvel movies and whatnot. But back in the day, like that wasn't really a thing. So I turned off the credits. I turned it off when the credits happened. And then it wasn't until college. I think when I rewatched it, or it was probably high school actually where I rewatched it and I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is this? A director's cut? And I'm like, no, this is the, my friend was like, no, this is how the movie has always ended. And I was just like, Hmm, it's not great. I didn't know that. (laughs) It only took me five years to realize. Right. right. (laughs) Well, you know, again, you know, these kind of movies are are so much fun to watch, uh, especially being able to chat with them, you know, chat about them with you afterwards. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, you know, an extra, you know, oomph to them when you're watching them so you know i i can't tell you enough how much i appreciate you having me on this and uh you know letting me share the, the this kind of time with you man yeah that's i mean that's part of what i love about having people on and get i mean especially you getting to have you on and bullshit about movies but it's also the idea that everybody watches for the most part everybody watches movies but we all have different movies in our watch lists and whatnot and so if i can introduce you to something give you a recommendation if you can recommend me stuff that i haven't seen before like that's half the fun. It's, it's really, it's a third of the fun is that we get to watch them. We get to talk about them, but then we also get to, for lack of a better word, like educate each other on certain things that we weren't aware of. And so thank you for coming on to talk about uh, dead set. Cause this was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to another episode of the daily horror habit podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to daily horror habit on your preferred streaming service and follow at daily horror habit on Instagram or at daily horror pod on Twitter.